This is the Software Patent Podcast by BlueShift IP. This is the Software Patent Podcast by BlueShift IP, an easy-to-understand series of episodes that are tailored to your business's software patent needs. I'm your host, Robert Plotkin, a software patent attorney, computer scientist, and a founding partner at BlueShift IP, a U.S. patent law firm specializing in software patents. Welcome to Episode 7, How to Avoid Key Patent Pitfalls. Even sophisticated high-tech companies often get tripped up by common pitfalls in the patent process and lose critical legal protection for their innovative technology as a result. The patent process is very complex, and it changes frequently, especially in the world of software patents. In my own law firm, BlueShift IP, we often find ourselves navigating through a minefield of potential traps for our clients in order to maximize legal protection for them and to avoid forfeiting their rights. Here are just three of the most common mistakes that high-tech companies and their law firms make when seeking patent protection and how you can avoid making them. It's important for you to know about these patent pitfalls, even if you've never applied for a patent, because you could unintentionally forfeit your patent rights if you don't take preventative measures in advance. Pitfall number one is to understand that patents are not copyrights or trademarks. Uh, Many entrepreneurs and high-tech executives and business owners are generally familiar with copyrights and trademarks and incorrectly assume that the patent process is similar to the copyright and trademark processes. This assumption is false, and it can be deadly to your company's patent rights if you believe it. As just one example of a critical difference between copyrights, trademarks, and patents, you can apply for copyrights or trademarks long after the fact, long after you've published a work or started marketing a product under a trade name, whereas in stark contrast, you can forfeit your patent rights in an invention forever if you don't first file a patent application on that invention before selling it or even before giving a demo of a prototype of that invention at a trade show. In some cases, even marketing the invention on the web without selling it can forfeit your patent rights. So don't assume that your experience with copyrights or trademarks will necessarily apply to patents. Hire an expert, please, uh, and save yourself big, big headaches down the road. And remember that when it comes to patents, it's critical to start the process of securing legal protection as early as possible, preferably right after the inventors have conceived of the idea for the invention, even if that is long before a product which incorporates the invention is made or sold, you know, long before you commercialize the invention. Pitfall number two is overlooking international protection. Uh, A U.S. patent only provides you with the ability to block competitors in the U.S. This means that even if you successfully obtain a patent on an invention in the U.S., competitors can compete with you freely in any other country in the world. 
Many companies I found in my experience falsely assume that a U.S. patent will protect them everywhere. And as you wouldn't be surprised to know, protection outside the U.S. has become increasingly important, especially for software, as high-tech development and sales spread throughout the world. Although many U.S. companies assume that the cost of obtaining patents outside the U.S. is prohibitive, at BlueShift IP, we frequently obtain patents in growing markets, such as China and India, and of course, the more established markets in Europe, Japan, South Korea, and elsewhere. Uh, and we often do this at a cost that is low relative to the huge size of the markets that are being protected. Startups and small companies, I found, often forego international patent protection because they're only currently selling their products and services into the U.S. market. And I think this kind of short-sighted thinking overlooks the value of foreign patents to a potential acquirer of the startup company, such as a multinational corporation, which would find significant value in acquiring a startup with an international patent portfolio. So if you're a startup and it's part of your exit strategy to be acquired by a large company that would find value in or even require international patent protection, then you need to be thinking about seeking international patent protection or at least preserving your international patent rights from the beginning, even if your company is not selling outside the U.S., so it's really critical that whatever law firm you hire be able to navigate the international patent process to maximize your return on investment by strategically selecting countries and jurisdictions in which to file patents and by staging your patent protection efforts over time to spread out the costs and manage the risks. One additional thing that we do at BlueShift IP to maximize our clients' protection for their software inventions is to work with a hand-picked, very carefully cultivated network of international patent law firms who have expertise in software patents, who we know well, and who we've worked with closely over the years. This can make all the difference between obtaining a software patent relatively quickly in a foreign country and not obtaining a patent at all, or obtaining it after a long and expensive battle and potentially getting only narrow protection. The third pitfall I'll mention today is misusing provisional patent applications. You know, there are so many misconceptions about provisional patent applications that we have a whole separate episode of the podcast dedicated to myths about provisional patent applications. So stay tuned for that. But in short, there is a widespread but false belief that provisional patent applications are some kind of magic solution that will give your company all of the legal protection that it needs quickly, easily, and cheaply. And many companies who have this misunderstanding end up wasting their money by filing what are honestly worthless provisional patent applications that don't provide them with either any legal protection or the protection that they need. Uh, for example, despite the common misconception that patent protection can be obtained by filing what many people call a quick and dirty provisional patent application, you know, metaphorically written on the back of a napkin, uh, in fact, provisional patent applications are required by law to contain a detailed description of the invention and how it works, how to make it, uh, in order to provide legal protection. And although the patent office will let you 
file a provisional patent application that doesn't satisfy this legal requirement, that doesn't contain a legally sufficient description of the invention, such a provisional patent application can be effectively tossed out uh, later by the patent office or in court. So the fact that you have submitted such a patent application and the patent office has acknowledged receipt doesn't mean that that provisional patent application will give you any of the value you need from it. In fact, it could result in your patent being invalidated later. One of the things that we do at Blue Shift IP is to position our clients' provisional patent application strategically as part of a comprehensive patent strategy that's based on our clients' individual goals, technology, schedule, competition, and budgets, of course. And although provisional patent applications can be valuable as a piece of the puzzle if used wisely, merely filing provisional patent applications reflexively uh, in a knee-jerk way and some sort of misguided attempt to minimize costs is a disservice to you and your business. The patent world is full of pitfalls for the unwary, and the software patent world is even more rife with danger for those who are not experienced with it. Even seemingly small mistakes could cost your business time and money, and even lead to you forfeiting your patent rights. On the other hand, a strategic patent strategy can add significant value to your company by enabling you to block competitors and by increasing the value of your company in the eyes of investors and acquirers. There are many, many more patent pitfalls that I haven't covered here, but it's important that when it comes to software patent law that you hire a firm with the right expertise to obtain strong, broad, and defensible patents for your company. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Software Patent Podcast. The next episode, hosted by my partner, Cynthia Gilbert, covers how to comply with your duty of disclosure. There are so many ways a software patent can be valuable to you and your company that we'll be covering on the Software Patent Podcast. You can connect with me with any questions at blueshiftip.com, and we look forward to joining you again next time on the Software Patent Podcast. The Software Patent Podcast by Blue Shift IP is hosted by me, Robert Plotkin, and Cynthia Gilbert, who are software patent attorneys and the founding partners of Blue Shift IP, the software patent experts. The Software Patent Podcast is produced by Ginny Media. For all software patent inquiries, please visit blueshiftip.com.